picture in your mind. An earth. It's labelled good dog. There's an astronaut looking at the earth. There is an astronaut holding a gun to the head of the other astronaut. The astronaut with the gun pointed to his head is saying, they're all good dogs. Always have been. I already am eating from the trash can all the time. The name of this trash can is ideology. The material force of ideology makes me not see what I'm effectively eating. Last week I was talking about male socialization in relation to trans women. And I have been made aware that that's somewhat of a, a turf dog whistle. And I just want to say, really, that hopefully it comes across in the episode that I meant as male assigned at birth people, you're probably encouraged or exposed to a slightly different attitude, but we are all socialised by these things. Like, we all see the same media, we're all socialised by the same people. I have been made aware that that can be like a devalidating phrase, I suppose. Maybe not devalidating, but... Men are not evil, and being socialised as a man is not an inherently evil trait, it's not an inherently evil experience, and trans women, A, aren't men, <laughs> B, aren't evil for experiencing socialisation of any kind. I don't know how to put that in the more, a more concise manner, but it was something I read, and I was like, hey, I said something like that recently. Yeah, I, I just wanted to make that mild mild correction. I maybe didn't add enough nuance, really, to what I was saying. I wasn't like, don't think the specificity was necessarily there. It's, I See, my mum has this, it's the turfy shit, where it's, oh, but men are like, inherently evil. Men are inherently... Yeah, men are trash. Exactly. Rapely, rapey, right? And I <laughs> don't believe that. Rape, rapely, rapely in nature. Oh, gentle Darcy, <laughs> rapely manner. Um, I, hmm, that's a different reading of. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a different Pride no, and Prejudice analysis than I've heard. Time, time to get cancelled by the Pride and Prejudice fans. I am the Pride and Prejudice fans. Huh? You are? You're a Pride and Prejudice fan? Yeah, no, I'm I, I really, a... really like. Um, I think Sense and Sensibility might be my favorite Jane Austen novel, but like I'm a big Jane Austen fan. I Jane Eyre is my favorite. Jane Eyre. I didn't like Jane Eyre. You didn't like Jane Eyre? Nah, it was fine. Wait, isn't isn't Jane Eyre the one that wasn't written by her? Really? Yeah, it's like um, a prequel or a sequel to Northanger Abbey, written by someone else, <laughs> Emily Bronte. Charlotte Bronte. Charlotte Bronte. There we go. Yeah. Published under the pen name Courier Bell. But yeah, no, it's, it's a similar like a genre of lit. She was like, I could write a Jane Austen novel. Yeah. Well, um, I think, I don't know if it's a problem with me, but especially when um, books have those older voices, mm. a reduced character palette is wonderful to uh, help aid me in gleaning meaning. Um, and while I love sci-fi fantasy books a lot, they're a bit much like, oh, and then Galadriel and Rindoran walked across the Belolan Plains and touched upon the starlight of the Anfranxius. Anfranxius. (laughs) 
And Normally it only grows between the walls. <laughs> together they brought peace to the realms of Tremolian and Gasrain, and then they were to be wed under the holy arches of Trifonel. And I'm like, wow. Like, that was just a series of made-up words with punctuation in between. Astounding. And I can't follow that sort of novel at all. I already am eating from the trash can all the time. The name of this trash can is Ideology. I'm, tr- I'm trying to get enraged about things on Twitter, because I'm just happy about Bill Wirtz right now. Yeah, that Bill Wirtz video was pretty damn good. I'm glad to see that he's back. Every time... Okay, I uh, I have a love-hate relationship with Bill Wirtz, where I see his work and I love it, but all I do is internalize self-hate. <laughs> oh. I'm like, why can't I make things this beautiful? I'm a skill-haver. Why can't I make thing with the skill I own? Why can't you? I mean disability, but like... <laughs> yeah. There's a part of my brain which still always thinks I will find the one thing I find easy and everything will be fine. Oh, you sweet, sweet summer child. Like, because people talk about hyperfixation, but like, it's never good though, actually. Rare, yeah. I'm occasionally hyperfixated or via my other neurodiversity, had an obsession with something that turned out to be extremely useful, but it's not often. I'm not sure I've ever had an obsession with something useful. Joe, one of my reoccurring obsessions, well, one of my recurring, like, hyperfixations is um, I can't clean without being bothered by light switches. Oh, really? Light switches always get really grubby. Yeah, they Um, do. But... Um, so I'm cleaning, I'm wiping down surfaces, I'm wiping down tables, I'm like dusting things that should be dusted, right? But then I see the light switch, and it looks a bit like grubby. I have to clean that light switch, and I'm cleaning the light switch, and I wipe the light switch down. But I need to dust all the corners, um, and then I look at the door, and I look at that part of the door that everybody grabs, and that's grubby too. And now I have to clean the door. Now I have to wipe down the entire door. Now I need to wipe down both sides of the door. Now there's a stain on the door. I can't get a stain on the door off. And this is like a reoccurring problem for me. Yeah. Is that as soon as I switch on... uh, This is something I've tried to explain to people. Because I grew up with a hoarder. Background information here. I grew up with a hoarder. And... um, I very much learned to have a radar rather than like you don't actually see things you like look past all the things and you get into this mindset where you look past everything but for me they're like why don't you just clean it up why don't you just clean up a little bit and the thing is there's no such thing as a little bit and this is a, a lot of the suggestion for adhd is like that is i like pick one thing pick a color of thing mm-hmm. just pick up that color of thing and um, uh, and I'm like, I start picking up all the brown things, but then I notice that dust bunny in the corner of my room. And then I get out the dustpan and brass, and then I'm like spending an hour trying to brush dust right. out of my carpet. And there's still just a bag of trash I forgot. That I was I was in the middle of doing the throwing away the brown things, but wow, that that pile of dust really bothers me now. And those are the sort of things that I can generally like radar out. But the thing is, I radar out everything yeah and it's it's a it's a binary filter it's either i see the mess or i don't see the mess and seeing the mess is deeply stressful and not seeing the mess is like survival mode 
Right. So it's it's gonna be like a, a matter of integrating the the seeing without the accompanying anxiety. I don't mean to imply that that's an easy task. Yeah, I mean, I think that's difficult because it also requires yeah. a lack of being overwhelmed, which yep. implies a sort of regular cleaning schedule. That would be ideal. But might I introduce you to cognitive behavioral therapy? Okay. I don't like CBT. <laughs> Are you sure? I... No, okay, no. Uh, you, I'm going to say what I'm going to say and you're going to agree with me. Okay. CBT has this way of framing every mental illness. Because I've gone through CBT. I've had years of therapy. I've done a CBT before. And CBT frames all of your problems as being inside your head. And the inside your head you can control. Right? And the, oh, well, you feel an anxiety because it's a cycle of anxiety. What you need to do is, like, prove that anxiety wrong. And then you'll be fine because you have control of your brain. That is not how it works. You control your surroundings. Well, that's, it's very much how it fr frames a lot of mental illness. Like, the goal of cognitive behavioral therapy isn't to, like, fight with your illness and overcome it, it's to recognize it when it's happening and learn to be mindful and not let it cause you anxiety or pain well that's... it's still there and accepting that is a big part of it yeah but like it's very much like when um teachers give you bullying advice and they say just don't let it get to you and i'm like oh thanks that really stops this external force from hurting yeah, me that is not my experience with cbt either learning it or doing it yeah, that's, I don't know, that's just often how, as someone who's mostly had my mental health deeply linked more to how capitalism has affected me, mm -hmm. and a lot less linked to, like, I have always been in a difficult socioeconomic location, uh, position in life, right? Right. Um, and a lot of my mental health I would be able to deal with if I wasn't in that difficult... Like, imagine I didn't get therapy, but I had a, hundred, a thousand more pounds in my bank account. <laughs> yeah. Genuinely, right? Genuinely, if I lost my house, I wouldn't presumably go homeless because neither my parents are really a trustable resource in my life. No, there's, those are two different things. Like, the... They're not. They're not. Because my ability to obtain money is directly linked to my mental no, health. No, no, no. I know. And CBT telling me, oh no, actually, you're just not very good at... You've just got to not let it bother you. Just don't let the bullies... Just don't let it get to you, man. And then you'll be able to, you know, live. And I'm like, but there is no after in CBT. It's always just always. And it's always just your failure at I mean, letting I'm it I'm really get sorry to you. you had that experience with therapy because that's really not how it's supposed to be i feel like that's what i i feel better about dbt but dbt is like dbt um, is a specific one for people with borderline personality disorder and it's got its own sort of issues yeah yeah i mean um as far as i know i think dbt is a kind of uh therapy 
for people with ADHD as well. Because the problem with CBT and and how CBT is often applied is that it ignores... I mean, this might be an individual therapist thing. Like, you you are someone who's aware of external influences being a huge factor in mental health. Yeah, I was going to bring that up, but I didn't want to, like... But that is not what the therapy community, like, professional mental health people are like entirely at all. This is what I was actually trying to get at when I said that they're two different things. The problem isn't that at least in my opinion, that CBT is too focused on the individual. It's that psychologists and psychiatrists necessarily focus everything on the individual because that's the only thing they actually have any power over. Many, if not most, mental health workers understand that the system is the biggest roadblock to someone's like psychological health, but they are powerless to interact with it and... They, so, so they're left in the position of, like, they can't just tell their client, well, you're basically fucked because welfare state died. They have to try to fix it because that's their job. And so they end up making it all about you and how you behave and, like, your responsibility because that's the limit of their power. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I've definitely had mental health workers who've just been honest with me on that. Yeah. But I have also had mental health workers who are like, like, wow, uh, this is what you're a duck. Let it roll off you, man. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, that's bad advice. Can I can I smoke whatever the fuck you're smoking? Because it sounds good. Um, Their smoking didn't take psychology and just got an associate's degree. In my experience, it was uh, what are the ones that do the um, pills? Psychiatrists. Psychiatrists. In my personal experience, which is a limited personal experience, um, the psychiatrists were the ones, they were the most obtuse around this. Whereas I found my mental health support workers who were with me day to day and actually like boots on the ground people, they were like, hey, I know your CBT made you do this, but we understand that there's things in the way that you right. are not in control of. I mean, keep in mind that a lot of my therapy happened in a hoarder household where I was a dependent child. So my entire existence was not being in control of my existence. Like, that was one of my core issues. And it's, right. a lot of the help that was given to me was trying to help me find a job or trying to help me do this or that. Um, those on the goal, which they're very much framed as the goal, I think, is like, oh, well, if you're in a job, you'll be fine. Right. But yeah, actually, that's... it's just a yeah. stepping stone to have a firm foundation on which to actually start the real work. But the thing is, is as soon as you're in a job and you're un... not a... no longer a bother to society, <laughs> just shut up and go be sad and still earn money. Like, yeah, I think that speaks to why mental health services are so underfunded in general in liberal democracies, mm. is because nobody actually cares, and they don't want to explore the fact that, like, you might be sick and legitimately can't produce. They, You need to be producing pl capital for the owning class. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about Autism Speaks the other day. Um, yeah, but before we get on to Autism Speaks, yeah. can I just address, like, the psychiatrist, psychologist, therapist divide oh, yeah, for a sec? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so this is a point of contention, not just like, well, not contention, but confusion. Not not with you specifically, but just in general. So I'm going to take a second to sort of lay it out. Um, a psychologist is a protected term for somebody with at least a master's degree in clinical psychology. Or if they're doing research, they can also call themselves a psychologist, but usually they don't. They're like, who should be doing talk therapy? They've actually got like the fundamental know-how and then they go on to get the practical experience, and it generally makes for a better therapist. The psychiatrist is a medical doctor who doesn't necessarily and frequently won't have a psychology background. Like, they won't necessarily take a psychology undergrad. They'll just be like a biologist who went into medicine and decided instead of being like a kidney specialist or uh, your eyes and throat specialist, they're going to be a mind specialist and so they become a doctor they learn like the medicine side of psychology which is psychiatry uh but without the fundamental knowledge that goes with it they tend to be a little too prescribey and they don't they're often incompetent Mm. and it's not just my opinion this is the opinion of a lot of people who work in psychology is like psychiatrists are a big hurdle if they're not willing to listen to the other people involved in the mental health process, to getting somebody healthy. They're the ones who will put them on, who put somebody with anxiety disorder on clonazepam every day, which is bad, actually. Um, they're the people who will uh, prescribe antipsychotic medication for someone with depression, because I don't know. They're getting kickbacks is my best guess, because that's brain dead. I don't know, because I, I have also experienced this, right? And I've talked about this with you before, where I'm like, oh, it always feels like they want to just diagnose me with my pet theory. And I was talking about this with my housemate this morning, where I mentioned that I've always had difficulty sleeping. and um, But my difficulties with sleeping have evolved. Uh, but no matter what, if I bring up difficulty sleeping, they try and give me sleeping pills. And I'm like, look, I want you to know that I don't want sleeping pills. Because one of my old problems is that I had, like, I, I had a phobia of sleeping, right? Like, well, maybe not a phobia, but I had anxiety around being unconscious, time passing it, like, hurtling. Like, like um, you know when you go to sleep and you wake up and it feels like... Now time has passed, but loads of time has passed. That was such a deeply terrifying feeling for me. I would genuinely just stay up and like do things like watch clocks because I was terrified or I'd listen to the radio constantly because I, I had to feel time passing. Otherwise, it would feel terrifying. And I would always mention, oh, they're always like, I've heard you have difficulty sleeping. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't like sleeping but I would like to sleep. And they're like, well, how about we give you these sleeping pills, right? Uh, how about we give you these sleeping pills, pet, and you can you can sleep? And I'm like, well, that's... And the amount of times I've had to explain to doctors, I will not take them if I do not want to sleep, because I do not want to sleep. What I want is to want to sleep and then be mm-hmm. able to sleep. But it's always sleeping pills, and I'm like, yeah, I don't... medication can't do that for you. Like, sleeping pills couldn't take away my fear, and they, they, they seemed resistant to even, like, talk to me about why I was scared of the feeling of time. <laughs> Which, 
Sounds incredibly abstract, but I'm sure so many people can relate to that feeling, right? I, I relate to it. Yeah, like the feeling of like time hurtling past you. And I think as we get older, we get more used to it as a sort of like a back a background element, maybe that. Uh, especially with like, oh, I'm supposed to have a kid. I'm supposed to have a car. I'm supposed to have X, Y, Z now. But for me, it was just the passing of time. Like every day felt like it was taking something from me, and like I had to watch it, otherwise it would take more than I wanted it to. And <laughs> that that's and I'm sleeping pills. I'm gonna fix that, fam. No. And I I think that connects to a larger issue with maybe how diagnoses are treated or how treatment is framed. I don't know, really. I honestly, and I know this sounds like a very simple explanation. I, I guess it's not the explanation. I think there are a few. Mm. What? Okay, I'm, I'm doing the Spanish Inquisition thing now. Let me calm down. The Among the most significant... <laughs> Factors. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> are psychiatrists are not qualified to do the job they're allowed to do. Yes. They, despite whatever legal attempts to stop it, constantly take kickbacks from the pharmaceutical companies. And, like you said, some of them, perhaps this is a sign of their incompetence, fall in love with a specific, like, mental health phenomenon and just use that as the hammer with which to beat all of their patients it's kind of turned into a like a mental health episode here but well, this is my this is my wheelhouse you want to get me mad about something talk about psychiatrists uh, i mean as long as you're fine with like the podcast going in that direction oh, i'm more than um, happy to okay cool as long as that's yeah. fine but yeah i'm hoping you'll edit me to sound way more concise and a lot less rambly because my brain is made out of loops i cut a solid hour out of the last podcast. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry, I got you. I got you. Yeah, you got me. Well, because I, I do have those moments. We have those moments where we're like deeply snappy and we can find words straight away. But then sometimes it don't be like that. Oh, sometimes it don't. Sometimes it'd be like, not that. <laughs> sometimes it do be like that. Bum, 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 I'm going to kill myself. Um... Autism speaks. Okay, yes. Let us, let us transition from how awful mental health services are to how awful we are about mental health. I was going to say that I think it is very much like how Autism Speaks and other services, especially around things like ADHD and autism, because that's what we're talking about and other, what is it? Oh, God, I always forget there are other neurodivergencies. Well, technically, apparent, okay. People can't seem to decide if mental health problems are also neurodivergent like i was seeing on twitter that people were saying ocd is like a born with it neurodiversity and i do think there kind of needs to be a bracket for ah see i don't know if it's really worth separating uh there, there are like hard definitions of these words we're kind of talking about i guess the colloquial use of them and i'm not sure how that's going to shake out but like to my understanding um, neurodiverse includes all mental illness. Yeah, it does. It does. But like often when we use neurodiverse colloquially, we talk about, I don't know, you are born, you are born more likely to develop mental illnesses. So I do not, I do not want the words, you're not born 
with mental illness to come out of my mouth in a sincere way. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's some people are born with a predisposition towards certain mental illnesses based on their genetic makeup. Other mental illnesses happen when you're exposed to environmental factors that have a pronounced effect on your developing brain. Mm. Like autism, like you, you brought up, was the, the ultimate in like frustrating where does it start for, for, for researchers. Because like it appeared to have a genetic cause but it also seemed like it could come out of nowhere mm. like it, it it both was genetically predictable and happened at random and that does that, that doesn't make any sense that's not how it works yeah yeah and so it turns out it's actually kind of both it's cause we believe this we might find out this is wrong but currently this is the top hypothesis is that it's heavy metal poisoning in utero that changes your DNA, like your genotype, and then you pass that on to future generations. Mm. Mm -hmm. So like it will it develops environmentally, it is caused environmentally, but can be reproduced <laughs> genetically. Yeah. I mean I'm really curious how that links in with ADHD. Oh also because like um ADHD is also incredibly genetically mm -hmm. linked. But I think it also does just also, I don't know. I mean, I'm not terribly well informed. I have not asterisk. <laughs> I have not done any research on this besides my personal interactions with uh, self-diagnosing ADHD. You're cool. Which I have done quite a lot of research on, I may know, but like on a more like, how do I interact with these new things? Uh, I think you generally know way. more about like ADD than I do at this point. I've listened, I, I've listened to a lot of lectures. I Okay. Um. <laughs> Um, do you know Attitude? Attitude, the um, the the magazine about ADHD. They specifically often deal with adult ADHD. No. They 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 host um, online seminars. I attend those. Cool. <laughs> so if I um, sometimes seem somewhat over-informed on the subject, <laughs> is over-informed a thing? It's really not. You're just knowledgeable. I haven't seen specific research when it relates to how autism, how ADHD appears in people. I have yeah. simply done, you know, interacting with it, processing it, having it in your life sort of research, right? And um, uh, it has a similar thing. So I, I'm, I'm just, I'm curious about that what the research is because i i think there are quite a few people who theorize that adhd autism are like part of the same palette of brain problems um, yeah that they may be more closely linked than we currently classify them yes yeah yeah i've heard that too yeah that's not really even an unpopular opinion it's just not supported yet yes yeah uh, sorry we were talking about neurodivergency right like right. how much could we argue that certain i think i think the very 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 subtle difference is you're born with a potential a much higher potential to develop mental illness but if you're born with autism you're not born with a potential to develop autism no yeah you just got it you're not born with the potential to develop adhd you just got it um and i think that is or like um 
I, d I hate just using autism and ADHD as the neurodivergencies because there are many. Yeah. Um, Hold on, I'm going to check the current nomenclature and see if we've got a right word for it. I haven't checked into this shit in a few years. Yeah, because I, I think it is important for that subtle difference to have a group but i also 100 percent believe we should also be placed as a group linguistically with people who suffer mental illnesses mm -hmm. is dyslexia considered a diversity i feel like it is it's a learning disability so yeah it's a learning disability yeah learning disabilities are also under the bracket yeah. neurodivergency yeah um yeah they're, they're like you got it or you don't sort of binary experience Ah, here's a good term. Neurodevelopmental disorders. Yeah. That sounds about right. Apparently this one's being used in the ICD, the newest ICD-10 version and ICD-11. With neurodevs. Yeah, I'm just coding my brain. Yeah. God, this is going to turn into asexual aces or another stupid fucking... What's the word I'm looking for? You don't like those. You don't like NB. No, I hate it. It's infantilizing. That's the word I wanted. I, okay, I, I agree. Well, no, I, I mean, I don't agree. I, I, I think it can be infantilizing. I think there is a potentialis there. And I am saying that society does tend, does, does definitely have a habit of infantilizing. I think maybe it's because kids are considered more genderless than adults. Maybe anybody with a more a less perceivable gender specifically or gender expression is almost kind of treated more childlike specifically trans men trans mask people are yeah, women have been infantilized so much that transgressions against masculinity can lead to being infantilized yeah trans mask people i know this is a huge issue for them to be like be like oh look at the cutie cute boy wow you're such a cutie wow i could just squish your cheeks and it's like, like, I, you know, a lot, you know, like, I like being cute, but also, like, I'm a human being. Like, I'm an mm -hmm. adult. Thank you. Yeah, um, like, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be a soft boy or whatever the fuck they call themselves. But, like, that's not who you are as a person. And to yeah. me, anyway. Yeah, well, I, I, I think while society has the habit of doing that, and while society... And while it can be used as an infantilizing matter, manner, I also think like it's uh, not an inherent evil. Well, it's not an inherent evil, no. It just, I don't know, I can't get over how it rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I, I always I think like catchier words are useful. They can be. Like uh, gay definitely has way more marketability than homosexual. Oh yeah, definitely. And het? How many times do I say het in a day? Compare and and, and cis, you know, like it's it's these are useful little abbreviations. Yeah, yeah. I like the I like the implication that gay is an abbreviation for homosexual. I mean, well, no, it's super it's a, not. Yeah, but like, like 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 we need more of those. We need more good ones of those, yeah. right? Like sapphic, I quite like saf or sapphic, as a member of the sapphic community, what's up? Um, I prefer that much over a mullum, a woolum. Oh yeah, the woolums. Forgot the about woolums. Those. Every time I see people say MLM or WLW, I'm like, no, we both know you just, it's like, 
it's it's Wollowum. It's Wollowum. Wollowum. And you know it. Do do do. Wollowum. Oh. Oh, but yeah. What else did I get mad at? She get mad at that UK law. Fucking pretty. Yeah. So that's something I got into this this week. Uh, I guess it's my turn to have opinions on this podcast. Um, so yeah, in the wake of the COVID-19 horse shit, there's just been like a ton of anti-protest and free speech laws all over the fucking planet. Yay! So like, yeah, the famous one you, you just referenced, and I'll, I'll let you talk about it because you're actually dealing with it. Uh, Britain's, was I call it the Police Crime and Sentencing Bill? Uh... The Police, Crime, Sentencing, and Corpse and Bill. Co- and Corpse Bill? Corpse. That makes more sense. Sorry, did I get too English? <laughs> Cup of tea, governor, governor. Yes. Uh, yeah, the Sentencing and Corpse Bill. Uh, from what I understand, I guess just to like throw to you, increases the penalties for disobeying police orders, trespassing, or property damage as a part of a protest. Mm-hmm. So what's that like? I mean, I, I mean we've all been... F- fucking stuck indoors, but I do think it's a direct reaction to the Black Lives Matter movement. It is a direct reaction to, I don't know, people of colour wanting to be treated like humans. I do want to add a note there that I did dramatically pose for every segment of that sentence. And as an occasional jazz seer, I would like you all to just assume she is gesticulating and posing while she talks constantly. Wildly. Wildly gesticulating and posing. Yes. I cannot, I cannot. She's a human Vogue machine. I, I, I like, I, I Vogue to Skyrim dialogue. Yeah. This is the gayest woman I've Alone ever met. Alone in my room. All I'm saying is that I am a deaf person's equivalent to a jazz band. (laughs) Oh boy! Mm. (laughs) I don't know about that one, Chief. No, I I have very much considered learning sign language, so then I could at least make the horrible things I do with my horrible fleshy member sausages. Why did you have to say fleshy member? What? Someone's gotta. It's gotta be me before you. That's true. I never shut up about my member. <laughs> yeah, so where do you have that subscription service? <laughs> yeah, I've got a, I've got a membership Anyways. to Flesh Wheatley. Um, <laughs> Flesh Wheatley. Yeah. Not weekly. Wheatley. Fresh Flesh Wheatley. That just sounds like an entrepreneur. Do you have any gluten-free flesh? <laughs> I hmm. I feel like flesh is gluten-free. Yeah, but like it's like it's like all those shampoos you see with gluten-free. All oh, right. Yeah. It's like uh. Okay. Can I have gluten-free PVA, please? Like, well. Yeah, it's organic flesh. Organic flesh. Is is flesh organic? Yes. What would a non-organic flesh look like? Like in silicone. What about it's silicone flesh? I mean, it's it's like what we use generally for inorganic flesh. No, no, but it it is not by nature flesh. Well, no, only flesh is by nature flesh. 
Uh, the soft substance consisting of muscle and fat that is found between the skin and bones of a human or animal. Well, silicone doesn't have muscle and fat. Unless I guess it could be a silicone-based life form, but I am a bricklayer, not an engineer. What? I guess it would. I guess by that definition, if we're only going by the dictionary, which I I recommend we always do. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. This th- oh, oh, knock knock. It's uh right wing argument hours. Time to check the dictionary definition of the word we're talking about. Yes, and focus Shoot. exactly on the third definition given because that's the one that matters. Yeah. Um. Uh- uh, it uh, just means a, a hound or hawk. Yeah, it just means a rude person. Uh, my my second definition from Oxford English Dictionary is to stimulate a hound or hawk to hunt by feeding it a piece of flesh from a recently killed animal. So can you get silicone from a recently killed animal? <laughs> is it organic? Not on Earth, but if you did, it would be. Yeah, like, okay. I was using organic in the same way you were using, um, uh, what did you say? Essential oils. No, not essential oil shifting dong. <laughs> Sorry, I just Yeah, it's got this organic lavender oil. <laughs> it's much better than the genetically modified lavender oil, which um will kill your baby. I don't know. Yeah, coming back to what will also kill your baby, Pretty Patel, who is the one who very much pushed forward the police crime and sentencing courts bill. Right, that guy. His name's Stupid. I remember him. Her. That's a her. Pretty Patel is a woman. I thought of color. The name Pretty was too on the nose to be a woman. Well, she's um, uh, I think she's Indo-Pakistani. Huh. Well, I'm just doing she's... racism. Excuse me. Yes, the bill is wide ranging. They can, uh, the police can do things like impose start and finish times on protests. Oh my God. Uh, protesting around Parliament is now restricted. Uh, police could shut down peaceful protests if deemed too disruptive. And uh, I think these are the actual words. The bill would police. I'm reading this from the big issue. Uh, the b- bill would allow police to crack down on protesters if their action cause serious annoyance. Oh, I wouldn't wouldn't want to cause annoyance with my protest. Famous thing that is not meant to disrupt a protest. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, from what I understand, is this directly connected to that um, guy getting arrested for sharing uh, videos of police brutality in Britain? I'm not sure if this is necessarily directly linked. It is definitely re- linked to the continued crackdown of what looks like a soon to be we're just basically pretty patel played we happy few and thought that sounds like a good time uh but yes uh a lot of people have been apparently uh, this wo- woman called sarah everard everard um she was a woman who was murdered and uh there have been you know candlelight vigils and stuff in re- remembrance of her and um police started arresting the people there um yes and there were continued uh protests against male violence towards they say protest male violence against women and girls but like yo protest don't let them do it to other men jeez louise but yeah reclaim these streets were involved but yeah a lot of people were arrested for that in clapham and brighton uh it's a real problem clapham there's a real issue with policing in clapham uh, yes, in Clapham, police were accused of kettling attendees. Yeah, it's uh, 
really bad. And uh, for any other British people listening, we'll also remember the university riots. I personally know some people who got quite hurt in the university riots um, and were brutalised by police. And um, you can only imagine if something like that happened again of that scale. Or, or, or if this bill had passed ever so slightly sooner, what they could have done with it. And it's terrifying. It's super terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's gotten significantly more scary to exist. Right. But uh, despite that, there have been ongoing protests against the anti-protest bill. Yes, yes. And there have been continued protests against uh, male violence as well in the UK. In particular, people are protesting besides these bills. But yeah, in addition to Britain's, like, pretty well-known bill, there have been a bunch since lockdown started, and many of them seem to be in response to, if not BLM, similar anti-corruption, anti-brutality, anti-racist movements. Just everywhere. In Canada, Bill 52 in the province of Manitoba would, this is wonderful, allow private landowners of infrastructure, such as pipelines, to request a temporary protection zone against protesters, which breaching would penalize with like a $5,000 fine or 30 days in jail. Wow. Yeah. And uh, how that would work is they would petition for that, like, protection zone and then the court would be like okay well we will designate this to be the protest area where you can go and protest so that's not very popular yeah i first nations people were like the first ones to come out and be like this is directly aimed at us and our efforts to stop you from fucking with our water yeah i mean look me in the eye and tell me that canada isn't just america's oil company um Yeah, like, we're not great. We have done a better job integrating that multiculturalist idea into liberalism, but that's not good. That's an extreme... Yeah, that's, like, a a very limited plus. Yeah, it's, like, the lowest bar is we didn't fuck it up. Well, yeah. Um, And even then, it's slowly getting fucked. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, in Calgary, there was a fucking Nazi uh, rally. And the... Antifa people who showed up uh, are the ones who got the worst of it. Yeah. One dude in a wheelchair uh, got smacked about the face and neck a little mm. by a Nazi until his wife intervened and shoved the guy down a hill when the police showed up and put her on the ground in cuffs. Yep. Yep. Because 1312, fuck you RCMP in Minecraft. In Minecraft. But yeah, it goes beyond just that. 13 already. Mm. United States have some laws prohibiting uh, some or some kinds or an aspect of protest. Mm. And a bunch of them are currently like pending approval. Mm. Mm. Something like 48 of the states are at least mulling over the idea. Uh, see, Because they love their First Amendment, except when it's inconvenient for the rich. Oh, weird that. You ever notice how liberal democracies love to just like Make exceptions for who's a person and deserves rights. Yeah, no, do you know what's really weird? It's like how you can leave the UK for a holiday as long as you pay a £5,000 fine. Oh my fucking god, that's horrible. Yeah. 
No, if you want to leave the UK and have just a fuck-off holiday, all you need to do is pay £5,000 to leave now. That's it. That's not even a lot. That's so naked. Yep. Yep. Woof. Yep. Woof, indeed. Woof, 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 woof. Well, you know who's not going to get to see adorable dog pics on the internet? People in Myanmar. Yeah, people in Myanmar. So yeah, this is another thing. Like, in addition to these, like, no protesting wave finger laws, uh, a bunch of people have been following in the footsteps of China and North Korea by instituting, like, overwhelming internet censorship or blackouts. Uh, We mentioned Myanmar. That's sort of the one that made the news recently. Uh, They've been having nighttime blackouts, like, starting at night and ending in the morning uh, for a very long time. I I couldn't find, like, when it began, but we're talking months. Yeah, yeah. Like, well into last year. Uh, Thankfully, because the Myanmar people are cool and smart, they found a way to largely circumvent that. But that still speaks to an incredible censorship. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. Meanwhile... Belarus, um, which is like Russia's idiot brother. They have a really good national anthem. They've been doing strategic blackouts of the internet. Mm -hmm. Just like, ah, well, that election was obviously stolen. Let's just, oops, all the ISPs, all the uh, internet service providers in the entire country are down for like two weeks. Whoopsie. I guess I just tripped over the cable, I guess. Yeah, oops-a-doodle. Uh, India has been doing multiple blackouts like that, and localized blackouts, specifically in Kashmir. Shock. So for those who don't know about Kashmir, I'm not going to do a history lesson on that, partly because it's a long one, partly because I'm not a history guy. But, like, that's the point of tension between Pakistan and India, and it's also where a religious minority lives. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's where the Sikhs live. We do love the Sikhs. That's been a thing. And then Cambodia has put up just a China-style government firewall. Yeah. Like, what can you do apart from making, like, comedic groan and throw-up noises? Uh, I mean... Nothing. Uh, and that's depressing as shit. I mean, I, for those... Uh, you can log into our Minecraft server and find <laughs> the Anarchist's cookbook. I, I actually... I haven't read it. Not gonna lie, I haven't read it either. But it does apparently have loads of useful information for making really cool Minecraft buildings. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Like I haven't read it myself, genuinely, but I've heard that it'll teach you how to make uh, early game TNT in Minecraft. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I've heard it can also help, you know, uh, redistribute some of the iron and diamonds and things like that. It can help with that. So everyone, oh, so everyone can build better tools and things like that. Um, I like that. Yeah. So basically what we're saying is you should absolutely, categorically, not rise up against your government, burn the whole thing down, and take it back. D- definitely don't do that. Yep. That would be horribly irresponsible for me to say, mm-hmm. and I don't stand by it. We just have to give everybody a small, uh, like, here's the reading list of random in-in-in-jokes. <laughs> Uh, one of those is Kring, which comes from my joke. Uh, cringe culture is dead, but I'm still on a relapse, so I'm giving it up one letter at a time. Um, 
I do feel like yeah. I want to have Roger recount that joke organically, but I don't think I'm going to find the chance. Um, so I'm just going to say it in like an awkwardly toned way <laughs> to make it retain as little comedic Im- impact. Like I've, right, yeah, I yeah. have uh, reheated, then frozen, then microwaved, then uh, vacuum packed, then sublimation boiled that joke for you guys. And I hope you enjoy it as fresh as the day uh, that the ninth circle of hell uh, warmed it up in its palms. Well, if there's anything that people come here for, it is processed comedy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, like like <laughs> a pathetically heated up. What we do here is hot pocket comedy. Hot on the outside, yeah. cold in the middle. Yeah, yeah, the, it's it's frozen <laughs> an o- inside. An overall disappointing experience. Or if you'd like, it could be sort of boiling lava hot. Oh, is that is that? <laughs> that's a re- that's a reference to the the stand up bit. Oh yeah. no, I. <laughs> It's like, I haven't seen that episode of Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's dumb. That was a Jim Gaffigan bit. He does a whole stand-up routine about Hot Pockets. Oh, Jesus. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I am not a connoisseur of Hot Pocket comedy. I am simply I'm not chef. either. Or even Jim Gaffigan. But I did watch that years ago, and it was funny. I have no idea who that man is. He's like the whitest, pasty white dude in comedy. really doesn't narrow it down. It does if you've seen him. He's actually notably white. Well, so am I. If, like, one of my friends once said to me, I think if we put you in sun, you would glitter. And then I sent them a picture, and I had completely blown out the exposure of a photo. (laughs) You can only be so funny until it becomes a character flaw. (laughs) Oh, that... Oh, that hurt. I felt that on the inside. <laughs> well, how dare you sodomize me with a joke like that? <laughs> what have I ever done to you? Also, this is Jim Gaffigan. Jesus. <laughs> oh. He is very white. It looks like... <laughs> he looks like someone left a ginger in the sun too long. But... <laughs> somehow he's like a bit he's like the book where the spine has been facing the sun i i yeah. see what you mean by notably white i know it's almost impossible he's he's not he's not like pigmentless like he's not an albino <laughs> but he's as close as you're ever gonna fucking get <laughs> love a visual look up jim gaffigan please <laughs> Visual gags and jokes about someone's appearance on a podcast. That's what people are here for. Why did I turn into New York City guy? What do you mean, New York City guy? New York. <laughs> hey, I'm casting here. Oh, fuck. Oh, jeez. Uh, one of my favorite things is <laughs> just to find the stupidest uh, way to mock an accent. In a, in a way that's like so pathetic and ineffectual that it, it's not to cause actual offense. Mm-hmm. Like uh, one of my favorite is Jalapanos. That's a good one. Oh yes, Jalapanos is a good time. Um, I'm going to the Jalapanos Islands actually. Oh, um, that's not even. Cl- oh no. 
Oh, I'm, I don't speak Spanish and I hate it. <laughs> you don't want to go to the Jalapenos Islands. They're in the... Um... I'm offended on behalf of Latin America. Every, every single Latin American I've ever said tortilla in front of has had a breakdown. So... Yeah. I I do want to... I, I know how to say it right. But if you... I know you if do. If you go to a Japanese... A Japanese? Where does that come from? If you go to an English supermarket and ask for the tortilla, uh, you're not going to have the best time. Well, unless you're actually notably Latin American. So if we went up to the bus point and I was like, uh, where can I find tortillas? <laughs> Sorry, I heard bus boy. I thought, you know, someone on a bus? Yes. A boy? Hello, hello, child. Do you know where I might find the wheat wraps? Harken, child, on this vehicle, this communal vehicle we're all on. Where would I find the flat wheat or corn dish I desire? <laughs> Could you direct me? Yeah, to the nearest just out, just out there on a double decker in London, having a normal one. <laughs> I need to have my burrito and watch my. Manchester United football game. Oh, oh, oh. You need to have a wrap. We don't We don't even call them burritos here. We just call them wraps. I'm not even... F- also, you wouldn't talk about being a Man U fan in London. That's what I was going for. Yeah. I don't actually watch football, by the way, but uh, my favorite team is Manchester United because it makes people mad. Unless you're a Man U fan, in which case I'm Chelsea. I'm reading the gov.uk Justice Overhaul to Better Protect the Public and Our Police. Sorry, Justice Overhaul to Better Protect the Public and Back Our Police. Cutting crime and building safer communities will be the heart of new legislation unveiled in Parliament today. Isn't the best way to cut crime to decriminalise? Yes. Yeah. I mean, this is all just, like, this is putative justice turning into authoritarianism. Oh, this is fully authoritarian. You can tell from even, like, the Police Crime and Sentencing and Courts Bill seeks to equip the police with the powers and tools they need to protect themselves and the public, while overhauling sentence laws to keep serious sexual and violent offenders behind bars for longer, and placing greater emphasis on rehabilitation to better help offenders to turn their lives around and prevent further crimes. None of these will prevent crimes. Especially in relation to sexual offences. Because most sexual offences are committed not by random strangers just released from prison. Most of them are committed by people you know. Yeah, stranger danger is kind of a myth. Stranger danger is very much a myth. Alright, good. I'm glad we had that moment. Uh, (laughs) I saw something on Twitter that made me mad. Uh, all right, let's have it. Oh, it was just a picture of a woman going, yeah, I love my WAP, white American privilege. And it's the same person oh, going, yeah, that, here's a hard treat. That's Caitlin yeah. Bennett. I hate that I know whose tweet yeah. that is. That's Caitlin Bennett. Yeah, that's Caitlin Bennett. It's just... Ugh. Guns aren't a personality. Hi, everybody. I'm a Canadian who shot guns before. I've killed living things. Not a person, yet, in Minecraft. Uh, 
guns are not a personality and they're not really cool. Yeah. They're a tool used to harm and kill things. Yeah. This has been a PSA. I mean, I guess you could make a really fucked up pointillism painting. You know? I would like someone to do me a Roy Lichtenstein with an Uzi. That's all I'm asking for. The the best thing is that's a Simpsons reference. Really? Homer invents a gun, a sh- basically a shotgun that fires makeup onto a woman's face. Ah, oh, that's strong. It's so does, stupid. Does it shoot it well? Like, it's it doesn't look good, but it it's, stuff winds up roughly where it's supposed to. I, I like that. That's... I appreciate that as a concept. Paint with an Uzi, I like that. Paint with semi-automatic fire. Do you know what I really want to do? I would just like to say for the gun pedants out there, I know that an Uzi is full automatic. It's a submachine gun. Don't at me. Something I really want to do is make more revolutionary art. And I just want to I just want to spitball that, that this at you. All money lead somewhere uh we escape divine kings we can defeat capitalism oh wait maybe we escape well no we defeated divine kings we can dethrone capitalism that's quite strong secular humanism was able to attack and dethrone god do you think capitalism has any chance was that a suggestion or a question yes uh no it was just another like suggestion of thing we have overcome that is scarier or as scary as oh okay um yeah um i don't know i don't i don't know if uh secular humanism is a spicy um yeah it's not it's not the snappiest ideology out there yeah well because i had i've got this little drawing of um Yo, I uh, researched a lot into religious idolatry in painting. That was one of my uh, semi-specialist subjects that I wrote multiple essays on. Uh, Particularly Russian religious idolatry painting. Anyways, specifically called Idols. Like, that's like the name of the style. Anyways, I thought it'd be nice to do a religious idol or maybe even a stained glass panel. Maybe. Stained glass art's dope. Stained glass is dope. Maybe I'll try and make the All Money Bleeds Somewhere into a stained glass panel. That's quite strong. I really like All Money Bleeds Somewhere. Yeah. That's actually a really good one. Like, jokes aside, that one's my favorite. Yeah, my, my illustration for All Money Bleeds Somewhere is like a, like a person lying on a stack of money, being pierced, and then and then the blood is like soaking on the money. But that's... And then they've they've got they're holding a, a hammer in their hand as they're like draped. Yeah. Well, my idea is sort of that it, it's um, kind of a double entendre. It it both could be like you know money bleeds somewhere, destroy the the owning class, but also it refers to how money sort of you could follow money's trail to find where power is being exerted. It's like lines drawn between the money havers and the money receivers. I often experience dismay on what I see as a rising popularist socialist movement, right? Yeah. And I see the movement being commercialized. (laughs) Yep. And uh, one of the avenues I see 
often as someone interested in uh, garments is hashtag sustainable fashion haul and yeah I don't I, it's it's so difficult right because I'm very pro I'm very I'm very much I'm on my own personal journey to avoid spending money avoid buying new things repairing and mending what I want to continue to use or can continue to use but that's also not yeah I don't know all elements of it bother me all ele- it's the capitalism for me hun yeah like this is capital like this is capitalism um the process by which it takes things that are subversive and makes it a part of itself recuperates things <laughs> there it is that word yeah yeah and i'm slightly worried that it's a bit too money centric in that many people aren't to the point where they can visualize a lack of t- tender you know yeah they can't really imagine a moneyless society because like but how do i symbolize my ephemeral work and the answer is you don't have to symbolize your ephemeral work to eat or to get a house that you don't have because because the root of money is like the symbolization of work done right but the point is is at point of access you don't have to provide your work symbolism points to prove that you're worth i think this could be easily like summarized as like a pretty like if useful adage and it would be something like your worth is not what you produce Mm, because like your ability to work and produce under capitalism actually has no correlation with your worth as a human being yes we've just been trained to see those two things as the same but they're not whether or not you make money or uh, take money from the state i don't give a shit you deserve all of the same benefits as everybody else Definitely. you deserve you have all of the same basic rights you no know, okay i saw a tweet that just made me have to close out of all of the apps before i do a do a hell site right i become a twitter mm. person cuz it made me pretty enraged which was uh someone tweeted i would be furious if i saw someone slacking at my commune and that made me so mad because like okay if you're a socialist i get it right <laughs> i'm going to be honest i have met i've interacted with lots of socialists who are like oh no well you have to put in work well i don't know what this was this communist obsession with labor being hard labor as if we have to make all the academics quit their academic positions and start carrying potatoes for the commune (laughs) that's not that's not ah yes art famously crushed under communism yeah i think that actually comes from uh like a fetishization of stalinist russia where like we only saw the propaganda really on this side and the propaganda was everybody works like a menial physical job and has a very basic way of life and there's no upward mobility and so we've kind of internalized it okay that's what socialism looks like Mm. well if socialism is more ethical and that's what it looks like then that's a more ethical way to live Mm. Mm -hmm. which is just 
categorically incorrect. It's so wrong. I don't plan to stop being a shit poster. I will post under communism. I I will I will shit post under communism, and I will keep being quote unquote lazy under communism. I will keep being disabled under communism, and. So will all those people, so will be that person you see slacking in your commune. Okay. If somebody is quote-unquote slacking, they are doing that for a reason. Yes. I mean, I don't... What's the reason? I don't believe in laziness. I don't believe in slacking. Slacking and lazy don't exist. No. As far as I understand, my knowledge of psychology, nothing... Nothing, like, justifies a belief in laziness. Yeah, people don't just do nothing because... Because uh, it's a personal flaw. Yeah, people... Not doing a task isn't a personal flaw. I don't know yeah. who needs to hear this, but not doing something isn't a personal flaw. You have reasons for doing or not doing or instead of doing, doing something else. All of that you're doing. You're not hashtag random RawXD. You're a person. <laughs> Where did that even come hashtag from? Hashtag random. Oh my god, I'm such a... Call me cut. I know, but you're like, random hatred for Kring just came out of nowhere. Look. But, like, it's just like, oh my god, I'm so random. Uh, look at me with a picture of uh, a sock in a, in a jar of baked beans. Oh my god, I'm so hashtag random. No, that's a bit more Gen Z, to be honest. Mm. L- look at my. Yeah, that's more like, this is funny because it's not funny. Yeah, anyways. Um, people, people aren't just a jumbled. They're, they are. People are a linear experience. <laughs> okay. And you cannot make your choices now without the things that are fucking stuck to you from the... Like, there's no such thing as laziness. I don't know... And I hate that. I hate that. I hate that so much. I hate seeing it and hearing yeah. people talk about it like oh i'd hate if someone was lazy in my commune like oh you know you've got to join my, if you want to join my commune you know you got to prepare to get stuck in it's like that's bullshit that's not what a commune yeah. is that's inherently ableist well i was gonna say for anybody listening to this going like what the fuck do you mean laziness isn't real laziness is absolutely real i see it every day i want you to ask yourself something if the person who was slacking off was missing a leg, would you give them a little break? Would you chalk it up to they're missing a leg? Yeah, If maybe? they didn't bring your bowl of soup over, because they have to hop everywhere, right? Yeah, would you hold that against them? Would you get mad at... Oh, God, you're just I, I mean, useless at carrying Ideally, soup. they would have crutches, so this is a dumb hypothetical well, no, from but, the like, beginning. You should carry but, a soup bowl with at least two hands. <laughs> It's true. My point being, what if they have a disability you just can't see? Or what if they're suffering a pain that's not visible to you? Like a back issue, or like depression. Yeah, what if they're suffering a pain that even they can't see inside themselves? Well, then I don't know how we're going to help them. Well, it, it, it takes, it sometimes takes a while for people <laughs> to like, see things inside themselves. But like, I, 
and, and many people for years, like artists, any artists in the chat, right? Um, the struggle of wanting to do and not being able to do is such a pervasive element of existing. And there is no lazy person who hasn't wanted to do the thing they're not doing. Or, yeah, there is no lazy person who has not wanted to do the thing they're not doing. You know, it's it, it some part of themselves. You know, they can see the logic of doing that thing. They might be scared of it. They may think it's gross. They may think it's degrading. I don't know, right? But there is no lazy person, the person you've called lazy, person who's been called lazy, that hasn't seen the task and gone, oh, I should do that. I think there is another uh, kind of person ascribed laziness, and that's somebody who doesn't care about the thing you want them to do. Mm. Like, that isn't laziness either. They just disagree with you about the importance of the task. My dad would always browbeat me for being lazy because I didn't want to mow the lawn this week. It's because we mowed it two weeks ago, and it's not that long yet, Dad. Yeah. I mean, the thing is that you could go, ah, oh, I should mow the grass if I wanted to make my dad shut up, right? <laughs> so you still thought, yeah. I should do this task to get X result, right? No, but I never thought that. It was always like, I'm not mowing the grass, I don't want to, leave me alone. He's like, ah, you're just making excuses because you're lazy. <sighs> I think that's just another kind of thing that gets described as lazy, yes. is disagreeing over importance of tasks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, why would you need to mow the lawn every two weeks? Why aren't you doing it, Dad? Are you lazy? <laughs> he had the ride on mower. Uh... I mean, to be fair, I was a teenager. I should have been doing stuff around the house, and I did. Mm. It's just, you know, for example, my dad had oddly specific preferences for things like lawn care. Mm. Yeah, it's a very different experience for me. Hashtag hoarder household. I would constantly get criticised for not doing my own cleaning. And I'd be like, where am I supposed to throw things away? The bin has been full for two weeks. And she's like, well, put take it outside. I'm like, well, what bin is this bin supposed to go in? And she's like, oh, you're useless. And I'm just like, not respond to me. Or mm. treat me like I'm an idiot. All right? And I would forget every time because I'm not a memory owner. Does it go in the brown bin or the blue bin? I don't know. We could have very easily just taped a piece of paper to the wall with what it what it is on it. But but that 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 bothers me when I see that in leftist spaces. They're like, oh, you're not allowed to slack at my commune. You know, I know it's supposed to be like ha ha ha, but it's unhelpful. It's not funny. It's not funny, and it's unhelpful, and it just makes me feel like I'm not welcome with you. What's the point of creating a socialist society? if people are still pressured to work when they're not healthy. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I don't know, concept. Uh, they self-internalize their own criticism of their own productiveness. And are like, well, I've got to work hard for my commune or I'll get kicked out. And therefore persecute others for, like, a conceptual labor issue. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah that could totally happen. That Agreed. could definitely be a reason why people would feel that way. Uh, but yeah, I have strong feelings about that. It's really... Yeah. It groins my gears. I hate it when my gears get groined. Groined, yeah. 
All right. I think that's a pretty good podcast we've done here. Oh, yeah? Here. Yeah. All right. Should we uh, record an outro? Yeah, we're doing it right now. Oh, what? What? I know. <laughs> what? What? Okay. Yeah. Um, I have been Jasmine. This has been John. Hi. Uh, you, you can find us both on uh, twitch.tv. This is Great Canadian Guy and Jalzir underscore from underscore space. That is J-A-L-Z-I-R. And, um, yeah, God, I don't know if we've had many, like, um, weird subject segues in this one. Um, yeah, it, it was definitely a more straightforward, we had things to talk about. Mm, mm. I think that's a good whiplash from the insanity of last week. <laughs> Yeah. Um, what more do we need in the outro? Uh, this is about it. Uh, thanks, everybody, for being here. Uh, if you enjoyed this, make sure to share it with uh, people that you know. Uh, share it on your social media. Don't forget to follow the feed on Spotify. And we'll catch you in a couple weeks' time with more things that are making us mad. Yes. Danke. Take care. Bye. I already am eating from the trash can all the time. The name of this trash can is ideology. The material force of ideology makes me not see what I'm effectively eating.